Welcome to Mentioned in Dispatches, the podcast from the Western Front Association, with me, Dr Tom Thorpe. The WFA is the UK's largest Great War History Society. We are dedicated to further understanding of the Great War and have around 60 branches worldwide. For more information, visit our website at westernfrontassociation.com. On today's Dispatches podcast, I talk to Joss Hooby, one of the brains behind the recent computer game Isonzo that is set in the First World War. Joss was instrumental in developing this game with Netherlands game developers GameDrive. I spoke to Joss from his home in the Netherlands. Hi Joss, welcome to the podcast. Before we begin, can you tell us about yourself and how you became interested or connected to the Great War? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for, uh, for having me. Um, it's... Uh, uh... Yeah, it's uh, nice to uh, to talk to uh, in- people who are also interested in the in the Great War. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I rolled into it. Well, um, I'm Jos Hube, first of all. Uh, um, I'm the founder and creative director of the World War One Game Series, um, work- working on uh, Ferdun, Tannenberg, and uh, currently uh, Isonzo. Um, yeah, I uh, 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 I rolled into the whole um, uh, Great War when I was uh, a little ten year old. And I went with uh, um, friends to a holiday in uh, uh, in France, in Verdun. They had a little uh, cabin there, uh, actually on the battlefield. And they were amateur uh, archaeologists. And they dug around. So uh, the forest, which is really, uh, as a 10-year-old walking there, you see the, the, the big uh, cemeteries. It's really like it's overwhelming. Uh, and ever, ever since then, uh, as a 10-year-old, I've been sort of infected with what they call here the, the Verdun virus. Um, it's a uh, 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 there's actually a whole scene of Dutch people going there um, to yeah, uh, look in the forest for, for stuff and see the old trenches. Um, amateur archaeologists, one of them uh, from Eindhoven, he, he went there in the 90s. He uh, built his own museum there. Uh, it's in uh, Romagna, uh, which is on the American sector of the of the Argonne. Um, uh, a lot of Dutch people go there, and they, you know, uh, co-class schools uh, go there now. Uh, it's re- it's really uh, uh, really impressive. Yeah, but as a ten year old, I went there and sort of got invi- infected with the the Verdun virus, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, been making uh, uh, video games uh, modifications uh, as a teenager. Sort of grew into this uh, uh, making this company. Uh, in the last uh, 10 years, actually. Originally started for doing in uh, the first project in uh, 2006, um, when I was uh, uh, in, uh, uh, just got into university. Me and another uh, pal from the university sort of dabbled into uh, game development. I already met some other projects and I came from the modern background, obviously with the World of One angle. Uh, and uh, so, so we, we created this, uh, uh, this game and it sort of evolved into a series. And now we're working on the third, uh, third game already. <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah. So, um, probably just for the benefit of our some of more more of our, our our older listeners, of which I would include myself, if I was to get the game and you give it to me, what do I do and how? What type of game is it? Yeah, so Ferdun, uh, Ferdun, Tannenberg, and Isonzo are uh, are what you would call uh, f- uh, first-person shooters. So you uh, you basically um, observe the, the game world through the eyes of a soldier, like in, in the, from the first-person perspective, uh, where you mainly interact. Your main interaction is uh, with the with the weapon. It's always in. and um, so uh, it's first-person shooter. It's also multiplayer, so you're connected to the internet and other players. They have uh, they look from the perspective of the other soldier, and then you um, you battle it out. You basically uh, reenact um, 
battles from what that that can happen uh, uh each match is different because you know people uh, play the game different. you can uh compare it to a match of soccer so each uh, uh football uh <laughs> uh to uh, uh um uh each match uh, um is another a battle and it can be you know another um you know, you're fighting over Fort Duamond or in, on the Somme in Flanders, uh, and the teams are, are different each time. So that that that's um, yeah, that's a big uh, draw of the multiplayer. So you're not playing the same thing all over, over again, but the, uh, each time it's different. People do different things, use different weapons. Um, so that's you know, if you're if you're if you don't know uh, what uh, um, uh, first-person multiplayer shooters are, that, that's sort of the the um, uh, sort of the summary. Uh, more closely, um, um, you know the the game Verdun is takes place on the Western Front, um, which uh, we we try to sort of um, create a, a large uh, scope of the um, large diversity of of battles you you can recreate from from Flanders to, to the Vosges Mountains, and basically um, each sector has its own you know, environment and, and challenges there. And there in in those scenarios, you would. Uh, um, uh, you would you would fight, and then for Tannenberg we chose the which is a similar a whole range of sectors from the, um, the 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 Baltic Sea to the Black Sea basically. Yeah, uh, definition of the Eastern Front in this case, and for uh, for Isonzo the entire Italian Front. So essentially, I can choose to be an Italian soldier or an Austrian soldier, and then I would fight on a number of different maps with different terrain features like being stuck in the Alps or in the trenches or on the Isonzo River. So essentially, it's a, it's a sort of a multiplayer, huge battle played with lots of people online at the same time. And you, you take flags or you take points and the one of the most flags wins. And then you start all over again. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, basically after there's a set uh, set amount of rules, and after that uh, battle starts, or you go to the next uh, battle. So uh, to give a bit of a... Um, um, overview of, of the angle we took for the, for the different games. So Verdun is very much focused on, on the Western Front, which has, you know, uh, listeners uh, are very familiar with the the, the trench warfare that uh, that took place there. Uh, um, very intense trench warfare. So we, we crafted the game mode that sort of encompasses that, uh, where uh, you would take a trench and you have to defend it against the inevitable counterattack, which happened, you know, uh, um, happened all the time. Um, especially in the, in the in the middle of the war, um, you know, the, this constant wave after wave crashing into each other, and that sort of that ebb and flow, we try to really capture that sort of the meat grinder aspect of the uh, the Western Front. Um, so you, you capture a sector. Um, the, the map in which you play, the level in which you play, is very narrow. So it's always a very narrow strip of the front, maybe uh, defended by a, a battalion or a, a smaller sized uh, a unit against another smaller size unit. So it's a very narrow sector of the front, um, which also is representative of how, how the battles took place. It's, you know, your, your unit was assigned this, and then in depth, there's multiple trench lines uh, on both sides, and then the back the battle can go back uh, as happens in front. Uh, for Tannenberg, however, we uh, went another route because there uh, the sort of um, maneuver warfare, the encirclement uh, was a big, uh, big factor. Um, uh, case in point, uh, the Battle of Tannenberg itself, where, uh, uh, of course, uh, a Russian army was uh, surrounded, uh, famously. And there's other cases uh, where that uh, took place. Also on a tactical level, there's more operation or more room to maneuver uh, forests and fields of the trans trans lines are less defined. Of course, there was trans warfare, but we, we took... Um, uh, we took that angle to sort of um, give an alternative or um, yeah, what we found to be a sort of representative uh, um, uh, style of play for, for the Eastern Front. <clears throat> uh, 
um, for Isonzo, we yeah took another uh, uh, approach. Um, so each each game has got its own flavor. For the um, for Isonzo, the of course mountain warfare is a is a big uh, big aspect. Um, so there's always a, a mountain that that needs to be conquered. So it's Monte Sabotino, uh, Monte San Michele, uh, other famous and notorious uh, places, uh, which uh, keep popping up again and again because they were so fought over. Uh, so this this is an aspect uh, we wanted to capture. And in there, it's the uh, it's all about the the um, sort of advance um, uh, through through a map. So uh, uh, you, you can capture. You have to cut the barbed wire, which is a really big. Uh, problem for the Italians, especially it was a problem on the Western Front, but the Italians didn't have the proper equipment. They just didn't advance. So the, the cutting of the barbed wire is really a feature which is prominent. You can cut and, and the defenders can repair it. Um, the, uh, the game mode is a bit different from the one in uh, in the uh, in Ferdun, whereas one side attacks and the other defend uh, permanently. So you're basically being, as a defender, being pushed deeper into your own territory. And this, this allows us to sort of uh, create the sense of um, scale that the Italian front um, has if you walk in, in the area. It's just these mountains and viewpoints, etc. It's just very, uh, very impressive. Um, so if you push the, the, the Austrian defenders most of the time uh, off their mountain and you go uh, across the crest of a mountain and then push them into the valley, etc., etc. So you really get this sort of grand scale of things uh, packed into a uh, yeah, of course, again, a narrow sector of the front because you, you can only represent so many uh, many players because of technical limitation. You cannot have, you know, 100,000 uh, players connected at the same time. So again, here, narrow sector of the front, you push through it. So um, those are the sort of the three flavors we currently currently have. We always pick a, a, um, a front and, and sort of tailor the, the game around the specifics of that, uh, that front. So oh, why... But, uh, why choose the Italian front? Because it's a really interesting. It's a probably a lesser known front in certainly in Britain. Obviously, our focus would be the Western Front, France and Flanders, and maybe Verdun after that. But um, obviously, the Italian front is quite um, far away, and very few people have been there, especially up into the Dolomites Mountains, where all the trenches still are. Why choose the Isonzo as your inspiration for this third game? Um, yeah, why Isonzo? First of all, we we picked the name based on sort of the archetypical battle. Um... For the Western Front, Ferdun, like you could argue the Somme, but we, we chose Ferdun, uh, uh, sort of the sim symbol. Um, Eastern Front, Tannenberg, you know, the, the most known battle, and also uh, uh, symptomatic or um, representative of the, the fighting as a whole. And of course, uh, on the Italian Front, uh, Isonzo, uh, you know, the, the, the famous uh, 12 battles. Um, uh, yeah, we can argue a bit about the definition of uh, you know what constitutes a, a battle, uh, but uh, considering the Isonzo front is like a third of the Western Front in terms of size, you know the lower Isonzo if you look at it uh, critically. Um, so we, we don't say uh, oh this is the twelfth battle of uh, northern Fra northern France or something. So uh, they're kind of a creative play with uh, definitions of uh, battle sizes. Um, uh, but uh, uh, I, I, the Isonzo was uh, where most of the, the fighting took place, especially the lower Isonzo, the Carso Plateau was kind of like the um, like the Eep salient of uh, of uh, the Italian front. The, the name uh, it was either that choosing that name or uh, Caporetto, which is the, the you know if you talk it out in front is either Isonzo uh, or Caporetto, which is the dramatic breakthrough uh, uh, orchestrated, orchestrated by the, the Germans, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, Isonzo, uh, 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 yeah, the name the name is very symptomatic of uh, uh, of the battles that took place there. Uh, why the Italian front and not any other front is, um, 
yeah, I, I think if you well, we, we, we for or with Ferdun, the Western Front is obviously the, the bread and butter. If you look at the deployment of troops, the most concentrated is of course the Western Front. Lots of uh, uh, different nations involved there. Uh, second to that, the Eastern Front, and I, yeah, third you could argue uh, Middle East or um, uh, or, uh, or Italy, but I think Italy as as a landscape and uh, with uh, the uh, yeah the familiarity people have with the, the trench warfare that existed there, I think uh, yeah it's a good. Uh, um, uh, third uh, installment in the series. Uh, I always wanted to do Italian front, uh, but it's technical, technically quite hard to render uh, sharp rocks in engine. So only in recent times with new scanning technology and uh, yeah, better better tech. Basically, uh, we can sort of really capture that uh, the essence of you know how they sort of chiseled out ro- uh, trenches in the rocks. <clears throat> and that was important to 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 represent uh, in in the proper. In the proper manner to really get the sort of this, uh, yeah, uh, both the, the the rocky nature of the landscape and sort of the the farscapes, uh, so that that proved to be a, proved to be a challenge. That's why it's the third game in the series. <clears throat> so that brings me into the next question of historical accuracy. So I'm sure there are lots of people who say that's the wrong type of gun for that week or year. So how do you ensure historical accuracy? And I appreciate this is a game and not a history lesson. So you do need a bit of creative license, but obviously trying to get it as accurately as possible is really important. So how have you done that? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you're always, you're always making constant compromises. I mean, I'm very historically minded. So it's like, oh, we, you know, this battle didn't have this helmet, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, of course you have to make uh, compromises. Uh, so we, um, for this game, more so than the other games, we really took a specific, for, you, you can break it down into separate things. So you, first of you have the level design, which is, uh, you know, um, the, the location itself. Uh, for other games, we chose a more um, sort of um, a creative approach in where we uh, took uh, a lot of the essence of a certain sector, say Flanders, or you think of uh, ditches, high water table, etc. Sort of compress that uh, into um, to, uh, into one map, basically, to sort of summarize it. Also, budget constraints. Now we have more uh, uh, more resources. We are really picking a specific battle, say Monte Sabatino. We we take the the geodata. And sort of you know recreate the act the actual uh, map um, almost one on one. Of course, there's a bit of scale involved, creative you know uh, put cover etc cetera, etc. Cetera, but uh, try to stick uh, pretty close to how it is the locations are in real life. Uh, we we went there uh, uh, almost two years ago uh, uh, to the locations and you sort of get a get a feel for uh, for the scale and uh, it's nice to walk around there and see the things in in uh, how they are. Uh, then um, uniforms. Um, we have uh, people who are very uh, into reenactments, so you know they know everything about uniforms, and they will let us know if the the dye of a certain uniform is the correct correct uh, uh, color, uh, etc. Which is always hard to, you know. Um, we have uh, uh, somebody who's really into uh, Austro-Hungarian uh, uniform, American reenactor. Um, you know, pick all the uh, little details out. So, uh, but there's always there's always things you're you're missing. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be people who go, oh, "That's not the correct call patch for that uh, at the time," uh, um, for sure. Um, but we try to to stay uh, as close as possible um, uh, to the representation of that. I think uh, I think a core philosophy is also the. the um, whatever we chose has to be somewhat representative of uh, um, of um, of the conflict and, and the battle. So picking niche, um, very niche uh, uh, locations for for a game wouldn't wouldn't give an accurate picture of uh, um, uh, of the front. Say if you were in the Western Front, you would you know make a Zeebrugge raid uh, map 
which is like one thing that happened one time, whereas you know the uh, uh, making a level about uh, a random ditch in in on the some in some in some cornfield is uh, way more representative because that's where ninety nine percent of the find place. And we we take that sort of same approach to to all of it. So uh, we we try to stay and give as much of a, a mainline. Um, uh, what you know, what would the grunt actually uh, look like, and uh, what are the, are the environments uh, like? So we we pick, we pick the most fought over uh, hills and on the Italian front, and ditto for uh, for the other uh, sectors uh, or the other uh, <clears throat> theaters. Um, and of course, there's the weapons, and that comes down to you know making it one to one. Um, there's really no bigger room there, I guess. Uh, uh, oh, this bayonet needs to fit on that. We, sometimes we get feedback. Oh, this obscure German bayonet uh, or this uh, rear line rifle doesn't have the correct bayonet on it. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, there it's, it's trying to stick as close as possible to, uh, to the actual uh, guns. Uh, yeah, so that's a bit of a breakdown of the different aspects of it. And of course, the, the gameplay, uh, again, uh, representation there is, is important. But in terms of gameplay, you're never going to be able to you know, accurately portray uh, how life in the trenches was uh, digging latrines or <laughs> like that's what the most of the, and then going over the top once in every, you know, we really focus on, on the actual combat uh, scenario. So it's like always, you know, first uh, of July, uh, 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 six o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's the scenario you're playing basically, which is also um, sort of a very specific, but uh, um, yeah, uh, a choice. Um, Maybe there will be a game digging latrines at some point, but uh, uh, I think uh, uh, to give people an idea of how the fight new plays, of course, is uh, how we went about it. <clears throat> and do you think how? So I'll start that question again. How do you think this will help with the teaching and understanding of the First World War? First of all, I think it's uh, the way we um, sort of represent the uh, the locations. So it gives. It gives the people uh, a good uh, um, overview of where the different battles took place and the environments that they that they, uh, that they represent. Um, I think it also will give, you know, of course, of course, the the historical details, you know, the uniforms, weapons, etc. That are that there's a preservation aspect of that as well. It's like, oh, uh, museums can can go to a certain point, but you know, when we have uh, uh, thousands of pieces of equipment uh, and that they're all based on reality, it's sort of a, there's a um, there's a value in that as well for to learn about it. Different, yeah, uniforms, weapons, locations. Um, sometimes uh, uh, we have to recreate environments that are no longer there. For instance, uh, uh, I walking around for them today. It's all forced, but back then it was all destroyed. Carso, uh, similar situation where it's currently overgrown, but it was like a rocky scape back then. So it's it's sort of taking. Um, uh, putting a new goggles on uh, uh, on people's uh, uh, heads to see, oh, this is what it looked like. It doesn't look like today anymore like this. Uh, so th there's a, an educative aspect to that. Uh, and also, yeah, to, to show all the the, the way the, the combat took place. So the, you know, the cut of the wire, the different aspects involved around trench warfare and World War One warfare. And of course, yeah, the casualty uh, casualties, it's very much a, a killing and be killed. Uh, especially in, in our game is very um, unforgiving in that regard. It's not like a, uh, any of the other shooters, uh, you know, more popular shooters where it's, uh, you can absorb a lot of damage here. If you get shot, you get shot, it's over. Uh, you have to uh, you have to wait a bit to, in order to come back. Um, there's no, uh, yeah, there's no uh, filling uh, somebody full of bullets and then uh, uh, 
uh, he's still uh, walking. Uh, it's, it's very uh, ruthless. And I think that that's also uh, maybe an educative aspect uh, to that as well, uh, aspect of the, of the war. Of course, we were kind of presenting it verbatim, so as much as possible. <clears throat> I think that there's an uh, educative aspect in that as well. And my final question is, where can people play the game or when can they play the game? We are recording in uh, mid-February. 2022 when is it going to be out so uh, for doing tenenberg already out on pc xbox playstation uh, epic store and other uh outlets um and um uh, isonzo is set to launch later this year uh, it's still a bit up in the air um a uh, few months <laughs> from now uh similar outlets uh all the the platforms will be supported xbox playstation digital so uh uh, yeah, everywhere games are sold pretty much um, digitally, and so, they can find us at World One, uh, so www.gameseries.com. Josh, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Mentioned in Dispatches podcast from the Western Front Association with me, Tom Thorpe. Thank you for all my guests for appearing on this edition. The theme music for this podcast was George Butterworth's The Banks of Green Willow. It was performed by the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, conducted by Chris Russman and produced by Biz Records. This recording is part of a collection of orchestral works by Butterworth, performed by the BBC National Orchestra of Wales and supported by the Western Front Association. This is available from all good record stores under the record code BIS2195. Until next time...